It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right Sorry. side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the uh, fan-sided network, as well as finfanatic.com. We are saving the best for last year. We are previewing the Miami Dolphins secondary today with training camp just 10 days away now. Wow. And and be sure to join us for our camp battles as well here before that training camp actually kicks off here. So, Paul, the Dolphins last year on, in pass defense, when you look at the secondary, 23rd in the NFL uh, in, in total ranking, which is based only on yards, which really highlights how meaningless of a statistic that is. Because I've seen that number thrown around here throughout the summer to say, well, the Dolphins secondary may not be as good as you think. They were 23rd. Uh, as far as yards allowed, but the more important factors here, as far as the Dolphins pass defense and secondary, they were sixth in quarterback rating allowed seventh in completion percentage first in third down defense first in turnovers. And at cornerback, the, there were only two teams in the NFL who had or four teams in the NFL who had more than eight interceptions out of their cornerback group. Um, the Dolphins had 14 and we're tied for first in that area. So they, they, they dominate the areas that 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 really that really do matter here in the, in the secondary. But part of that, too, is getting Xavier Howard back. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out-of-this-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. It is. I mean, you mentioned the 14 interceptions. You can't mention those without Xavier Howard's 10. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, he out-intercepted what? How many teams you, did you just say? Like, it, it's it, insane. Four teams had more than eight interceptions from the cornerbacks. Just the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it was So the Dolphins had... 14 the Patriots had 14 the Saints had 11 and I'm trying to find it there was a uh, and the Colts had 11 uh, okay. out of their cornerback group not overall interceptions but yeah 10 of those were Xavier Howard and it's insane what Howard's done here uh, really over the last since really the end of the 2017 season so you know it, let me ask you this Paul if things if things go from bad to worse and I don't think they will with Xavier Howard um, you know, people like to reference, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but 
what would you be satisfied with in a trade if that were to happen? Um, aside from keeping X, um, it would have to be a couple of first rounders, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. There. Maybe I I might be able to get my head around a first and a conditional second that could turn into a first if somebody's worried about his knee issues or anything else. But in all honesty, I I, I don't want to do it. I mean, it, it's we talked about this a lot on our last episode you know talking about the defensive front so we're naturally we're going to touch on it here talking about the dbs but really i'm okay with paying x up to 22 million a year i mean i hate the fact that they just redid his deal he was advised against doing that he did it and now he's in this weird position i mean the Dolphins kind of hold all the cards here based on the way his contract is, based on the fines that would hit him. Um, and really, the path of least resistance is to backload a contract at this point, especially since he's already shown that when that contract slides down, he's going to get upset that he's not the highest paid. So have it ramp up so at least it's him looking forward to being one of the higher paid corners on the team. But I got news for you. There's a possibility he may not be at the end of that contract either. Right, and that's why I don't want to pay him in his 30s, guaranteed money. And I I mean, if it's a little bit, that's fine. But in 2022, the Dolphins, because the Dolphins have so many draft picks over the last two years on rookie contracts and players that um, will be starting – for them, you know, you're going to have two on a rookie contract. You're going to have your entire offensive line on a rookie contract. Jalen Waddle may be the number one receiver on a rookie contract. Um, that allows you in 2022 and 2023 to give him a little bit more money. And yeah, I I go back to the to me bozo argument of it sets a bad precedent. No, it, Xavier Howard uh, was a defensive MVP finalist last year. 10 interceptions, which hasn't been done in a decade. This is something different here. And this is a team and a defense, too, that relies on its secondary to be great more than any other team. I got news for you. If the Dolphins don't have Xavier Howard and they have a CC-plus unit next year in the secondary, the Dolphins are not going 500. That is a promise. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that the Dolphins may want to consider and Cantor may go for uh, because it was Cantor that advised Howard against going after that deal, is basically having that conversation with Howard. Like, look, we can't do it the one year after, but you go out and you're even a shade of what you were last year. At the end of this year, we will sit down and we will figure something out, uh, whether that's a, a trade, whether that's an extension, whether that's a, a, a raise, um, you know, play the COVID card. Play the fact that the cap didn't go up nearly as much as it probably should have this year. Play whatever card you have to. Um, but, you know, kind of basically say, look, we don't want to set a precedent. I know it's a little different. But at the same time, like you just pointed out with the 10, 10 interceptions, that's a precedent I'd love for them to set. Like, hey, you go out and you get 10 interceptions, players, we will reward you. Because I'm well, fine with giving anybody a raise that gets 10 interceptions in a season. Right. Well, going back to to what you said there, um, I I think we're way past the point here where it's like, hey, X, we're going to pay after the year because he's not going to fall for that because in 2022, he's going to be 29. And then I really don't want to extend his contract. So, you know, that that's where it comes down to. uh, 
you know, it's it's it, just two ways about it. Is number one, I I think it's 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 a bad situation where a Howard probably could have gotten more money when he extend when he was extended in 2019, um, but he didn't. And then, you know, now he's he's taken that upfront guaranteed money and he's acting like that never happened in 20 here in 2021. So basically, his contract over the next three years is three years, 40 million, with nothing with basically nothing guaranteed. So I understand him wanting a little more. And if this is a respect thing, I think it gets done. Okay, because. If it's about just hey, I want guaranteed money. Um, I've outperformed my contract with how it is now. I get it. If it is a hey, I want Jalen Ramsey twenty million dollars, a completely new deal, and I'm not showing up. That's when it could get ugly. I don't think it's going to get ugly though. Yeah, uh, there there are possibilities of it getting ugly, like you said, but I don't think it does. And and at the same time, Ramsey's only twenty million. I think he's twenty one. <sighs> I'm weird. I, I'm okay with paying a guy that gets ten interceptions in a season, twenty million a year. Um, you know, because it wasn't a freak occurrence that he did either. Like, it's he's one of the most talented corners in football. We've got a scenario set up where they'll throw at him. Um, you know, because of the play of Byron Jones on the other side, and I'd be okay with twenty million a year, especially with so many guys on rookie deals. And the fact that the cap's going to increase exponentially with the way that the new deals are set up for the extra games, the extra playoff games, uh, the increased TV revenue, uh, things like that, the cap is going to go up a lot and quickly. Right. I and looking, I would ten interceptions a year is, is difficult. I don't expect him. The odds of him playing sixteen or seventeen games next year and getting ten picks are not high, but. No. The odds are extremely high that if he stays on the field, he's going to get a lot of them. I mean, this is not this is definitely a pattern. You look at you look at going back to the I'm trying to do some quick math here. Um, So 28. So in the last 36 games, Xavier Howard has 22 interceptions. That that is insane. And I'll even go a step further with that Um, on deep passes, um, balls traveling over 30 yards. He has not allowed a deep touchdown in three years since 2017. That that's also insane. When the ball travels in the air, I believe it's 30 plus yards. It might be 40 plus yards. Um, he has had of the deep passes thrown to him um, on 35 deep balls. He has allowed four of them to be caught, and he has intercepted seven himself. He is coming down with the ball on deep passes more than the receiver he's covering with his back to the ball. And it it just makes me laugh when people say, oh, I'd take a first rounder for him. Why? So you can turn around and do more mock draft machines next year? Give me a break. This is a great football player. And if the Dolphins are going to be great over the next two years, Xavier Howard has to be part of that, period. Yeah, and, and one thing, too, and I, I know I brought this up before and it's been a while, that always fascinates me with Xavier Howard is you see a lot of these great corners stick to their guy, like just stick to him. You watch Xavier Howard, especially on a lot of these short routes, you'll see him actually intentionally separate from the receiver, knowing his speed, knowing their speed, and knowing how far he can drop back, make the receiver look open, and cut the route, um, which is insane to me. It's a gamble, but it's a gamble where I haven't seen him lose it yet. 
Um, and yeah. it's a pretty cool thing because he does something the other corners don't. He makes the receiver look open. He he, he makes the quarterback's eyes get wide and go, ooh, him, and, and, and chuck the ball. And next thing you know, he's going the other way. Absolutely. Um, it, I, it, it, it's a, that's a great observation. And that's diff, it's a rare skill set today in the NFL. Uh, no, not not no, just no. rare. It's a skill set I've never seen be used effectively. Like, not rare, like unique is what I would say. Um, I've seen guys give space. You're not really sure if it's intentionally. They're not able to make up the ground. Or you see them just take insane chances trying to jump a route. Uh, but I've never seen it be so reliably um, and planned effective. Yeah, uh, Kiko, Kiko Alonso tried to do that uh, at the linebacker. That, that requires a lot of thought, and I'm not sure Kiko was there. Where no, Kiko, uh, Kiko would try to make the guy look open, and uh, oh no, never mind, he was actually open. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but and he yeah, made him open. <laughs> but yeah, even uh, you know at the safety spot. Rashad Jones, who I'm sorry, Dolphins fans, I consider the most overrated Dolphin of, in, in Dolphins history, um, who should never not have been extended by Mike Tannenbaum. That was a stupid thing to do. I thought he was a very hit-and-miss player. Uh, yeah, he'd come up with some big plays. He'd have some big hits. But I always said, for every big play he makes, he lets up three more. Xavier Howard's not that way. He makes the plays and doesn't let them up, which is just unusual. Um, and, yeah, opposite of him, Paul, you know, Byron Jones, I think, is really – you know, for, even with the contract he got, I think he's the most underrated Dolphin we've got here because, mm-hmm. you know, P- uh, PFF uh, rated him 40th out of 80 cornerbacks last year who played 50% of defensive snaps. And I I just don't see that. Uh, I, I believe Byron Jones, having him opposite Xavier Howard and them, them being healthy all year, except for, you know, one or two games with Byron Jones being out, that's what made the Dolphins' defense what it was. They were able to lock down both sides of the field. We've got to get that back. And if Noah Igbenogany does take a step up here, um, we've heard great things about him coming out of OTAs. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a phenomenal trio. It is. Um, and you add to that mix the fact that Nick Needham had a very underrated season last year. I mean, I know he didn't finish the season strong. But overall, Nick Needham was very good last year. Um, so I mean, they, and they've got Jason McCourty as well to fight for that that nickel corner spot, or you know. And when you go to a dime, you've got the talent there. Now, what I will say is, I'm very curious to see, and and, and I know I'm jumping positions in the secondary here when I say this. Uh, Brandon Jones did look good last year. We did get Javon Holland, but. Bobby McCain made a lot of the defensive calls and adjustments from that safety spot. And a lot of that, while it is based on, you know, you hand the guy the same play sheet, it's based on what Bobby would see out on the field. Bobby allowed a really low passer rating to his area as well. Um, But it'll be very interesting to see who's making those calls in the secondary. Um if it's going to be Eric Rowe or if it's going to be Brandon Jones or Javon Holland. Um, and then if those adjustments have an impact on everything across the board, because at the end of the day, what they see or don't see is going to be critical as far as those calls go. Right. And yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I, both of us would have liked to have seen McCain stay simply because it's a, it's a veteran secondary and, 
anything that could potentially throw that off as far as calls, as far as production, could be a problem. Um, but I'm hoping that Brandon Jones starts at free safety and rises to the occasion. And he was it, – it, I, I have a few questions with Brandon Jones. Does he have the speed and the range and, and, and the ability, ability to flip his hips fast enough to get to a spot um, as, as that last line of defense? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but what I what I respect about him is, you know, Brandon Jones is somebody for for people that don't know. When he got hurt his last year at Texas, he contacted all thirty two NFL teams and got basically their playbooks. He then, um, in when he was talking to those teams, referenced specifically how he would game plan for a specific opponent on their schedule, and that blew everybody away. And that has a, a lot to do with why he was a third round pick for the Dolphins, even with the injury. And if the Dolphins hadn't taken him, he was going to go somewhere in the third or fourth round. So, football IQ, passion—he certainly has it. And when you look at Bobby McCain, you know Bobby McCain didn't have a lot of range at the free safety spot, but he was instinctive and he made it work. Brandon Jones needs to get to that point too. Yeah, I mean, it's you look at McCain last year, and, and the example I go back to all the time is is that Chiefs game, um, with Bobby McCain on the field, uh, and the help that he gave over the top, and and, and you name it, Tyreek Hill did his damage on in the plays where Bobby McCain was on the sidelines. Outside of Bobby McCain being on the side, there was a reverse, I believe. Yep. And then there was the deep pass over the top where. Clayton Fedulum was, you know, counting on his hands how many downs there were left until he was going to be back out there again on special teams, so he didn't even look. Um, and and Tyreek roasted over the top where it, it, there should have been help. Um, and, and for that to be a thing, it's, it's one of those things that doesn't show up in a stat sheet. It doesn't show up in PFF uh, as far as that goes. But the value that, that he adds against one of – if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, the help over the top, the help up along the sidelines um, is huge. Now, you mentioned Brandon Jones, though. One of the things that's intriguing to me, and I didn't realize this until I was setting up for this show, is in very limited action last year, I remember seeing Brandon Jones make a lot of impact plays, some of which show in a stat sheet, some of which don't. I didn't realize he was fourth on the team in tackles with 62 tackles. That's insane. Is that Brandon Jones? Wasn't it? Wow. He, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, 62 you tackles. That up there. 41 solo, 21 assist, three tackles for loss. Wow. The quarterback hit because he was only out on the. He was out only out on the field for I think right around 310 plays or so. So he was on the field 30 percent of the time, and he did that. And um, he had a pancake block that allowed a touchdown. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, Bill in our chat uh, said, uh, "You guys are very short-sighted if you think if you're up for a multi-year twenty million contract for Xavier Howard." No, we're not. This is what this is what happens when you're an A plus football player. They get paid and they're expensive. You don't trade them for the possibility to maybe, but probably not get an A plus player in a few years. That's uh, I, I was no. No, absolutely not. I, cu- I couldn't disagree more. Uh, let's go back to the free safety spot. Um, Javon Holland uh, and uh, Brandon Jones. If you know, I, I'd be interesting to, is interested to see if that emerges into a competition at the free safety spot because I, I really I look I and I've heard great things about Javon Holland's um, 
high IQ, high football IQ, he, he's still going to come into the NFL as a rookie. And I want, I'm really hoping Brandon Jones wins that job. And then Javon Holland takes over Brandon Jones's spot really as that third safety. Uh, Brandon Jones is able to play in that nickelback role uh, as that big third safety. And that, that's where I hope that he is. Holland had, in his final two years at Oregon, had nine interceptions. Um, so it was one of the best playmakers there in college football in the last two years. So, And I think it's important there at the nickelback spot where Holland or Igbenogany have to have to really challenge to be that fifth defensive back over Nick Needham. Look, I, you know, I think Nick Needham did, I, I call Needham a rosterable player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want him out there for as many snaps as he has over the last two years, Nick Needham has played almost 1400 defensive snaps out of 2000. He's been on the field 65 to 70% of the time. Um, so absolutely you can do better than Nick Needham, but I still want him on the roster. I do too. Um, it, it's now I want to go back to the safety spot though a little bit, and and talk a little about nickel as well. I'm looking at the nickel a little bit differently. Um, my hope, and I'm going to throw a bold prediction down on this, is by week five at the latest, if not the start of the year, Brandon Jones and Javon Holland are going to be starting in the secondary at safety, and Eric Rowe is going to be battling with Igbenogany. Nick Needham and McCordy for that nickel corner spot uh, and be the backup safety as well. It's possible. Uh, and I think that's, if it doesn't happen this year, then in tw- that's really the vision in 2022 and beyond there. Cause Eric Rose 29, I believe um, he'll be 30 next year in 2022. So the, the vision is Brandon Jones and Javon Holland as your starting safeties. And that could be a heck of a duo the back there. Um, so, yeah, it, it, Eric Eric Rowe too had he, he's still a really good football player. You know, we up until the last five weeks of the season, we called him the tight end eraser. Well, now we call him the tight end eraser unless he's playing Travis Kelsey or or Darren Waller, which Tra- Travis I mean, Kelsey, as he said this week. Yeah, oh yeah, that that's right, Travis Kelsey. No, he's sorry, it's too late for that. You have a. <laughs> You're 32. You should have made that correction, uh, I don't know, a decade ago when you were at Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, and you have a, a brother who's know. probably going to be a Hall of Famer, too. No, you're Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. End of story. Um, uh, but Eric, well, Eric Rowe, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, one thing I want to just go back to with that, that, that safety competition, and it's something I know a lot of our listeners have heard me say at other positions before, is if it is close... If it's even close competition-wise between Eric Rowe and Javon Holland, Holland gets the nod. It's because you know who Eric Rowe is. He's only going to get incrementally better if he even does. And Javon Holland has huge upside uh, as far as that goes. So if it's anywhere close, that's where the rookie wins out. That's where the young guy wins out and gets that shot because... Right now it's close, and that's without a snap at the NFL level at this point. And if that happens, you will see Eric Rowe unseated. And I love the fact that Jason Stan, or sorry, Chance Parchman brought up Trill Williams in, in our chat. I know we're going to be talking about him a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I agree with what you said, where Holland's going to get the nod over Eric Rowe, but I don't think it's a competition yet. Um, I mean, if Holland would have to play... 
absolutely lights out in training camp for it to be a competition. Uh, and I, I don't think that's going to happen yet. But I do think that as the season wears on and definitely after the season, you're going to start to see Javon Holland take over that role more. And, you know, in the meantime, like we just said with Brandon Jones, if you're the third safety, you can be on the field as that sixth defensive back, you know, 30, 35% of defensive snaps, snaps as you evolve into that role. This is a heavy defensive back secondary. That's why when the as the Dolphins are playing in this man coverage, they play more man coverage than just about any other team in the league. That's why the secondary has to be an A. That you, you cannot you cannot walk a weak link or two out there in the secondary because we saw what happened when you know Nick Needham. I wouldn't even say is necessarily a weak link, but he certainly looked like it in the final week against Buffalo when he went up against Isaiah McKenzie. He let up three touchdowns to Isaiah McKenzie. Um, you can't. And and I got news for you. Josh Allen will not look Xavier Howard or Byron Jones way at all. If there is a weak link in the secondary, like Nick Needham showed that he was, um, at least in the final week of the year. Yeah, and that's 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 where I don't want to see Clayton Fedulum out on the field in defensive alignments ever. I'd rather put you know, a Landon Roberts with an injury back there at safety than. Well, it, it, that's exactly right. Is look, I mean, I you've got Pro Bowl caliber players out there against the Chiefs, and who do they pick on? They pick on Clayton Fedulum, just like they you know couple years ago they'd pick on Bakari Rambo mm-hmm. uh, just like they'd pick on uh, what was his name RJ McLean a yep. few years ago I still have nightmares about Jerry Wilson from 20 years ago where uh, in, in the, the Monday Night Miracle game you've got Patrick Sertan and and Sam Madison locking down their sides of the field and Testaverde's just dumping the ball off to wherever Jerry Wilson is on every play uh. I mean it's it is easy to find the weak link in the secondary and in this division the Josh Allens are going to find them so well um, and, the, and the Bills offensive coordinators are too just like they ran the ball down Calvin Munson's throat uh in that final week of the season on third downs you see people go straight at where Landon Roberts is and, and use a jump cut to watch him guess in the wrong hole right yeah absolutely and it, that's what I you, Many things I like about this this defense here is I don't think we're going to be trotting out many players like Calvin Munson, like Clayton Fedulum again um, here. So it, I, I if if they make the team, hopefully they never play on defense because you've got now now you've got Duke Riley ahead of you uh, if you're Calvin Munson. You've got Javon Holland ahead of you if you're Clayton Fedulum, and that's that's how we want it. Uh, so looking at the depth chart, let's let's assume Xavier Howard is is in in the fold here. I see seven locks. Xavier Howard, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe, Byron Jones as your starting four. Obviously, that could change at free safety. Um, Javon Holland, Noah Igbenogany. And then I've got to say Nick Needham is still a lock because Nick Needham can play a lot of special teams. Again, almost 1,400 snaps here over the last two years. Still on a rookie contract. Doesn't make a lot of money. He's a lock to me as a seventh defensive back. Um, Any disagreements there? No, not really. Um, I mean, I I I probably wouldn't put Needham as a lock, but I'd put him in the high eighty percent for for making the roster. Gotcha. Yeah, I. All right, I I I'd put it even a little higher than that, but I I hear you there. Um, then after that, let's let's assume that those top seven guys do it. Then it becomes an interesting competition there because, you know. 
I don't know. The, to me, the competition I'm looking for as far as depth is Justin Coleman against Jason McCourty. Um, both free agent signings. Um, Justin Coleman back in 2019 with the Lions actually played more snaps than any other player on defense. So he's got a lot of experience there. And I liked Coleman when he was back with the Seahawks. And I, he was somebody I really targeted when he signed with the Lions. And he, he didn't play all that well with the Lions, but nobody did. I mean, they draft Jeff Akuda third overall. The guy looks like he's never played football before. Devontae Adams was mocking the Lions defense of I, I knew it was going to happen every play. I, I knew exactly what play they were going to run based on how they lined up. So mm-hmm. didn't put Coleman in a very advantageous position. So I, I see, I, I think it would be a really good sign if Jason McCourty came in here during training camp, got some reps, worked with the young guys like Noah Igbenogany and Javon Holland, but didn't actually make the roster because it would show that these young players on the bottom of that jet depth chart are really rising up. Yeah, no, I'm I'm intrigued by um, Jaitlin Askew actually as being the guy that could unseat uh, Javon Holland, uh, or not Javon, Jesus Christ, um, Clayton Fedulin. Um Jaitlin Askew doesn't have huge value as a corner. Uh, he's small. He's quick as all hell. I can't remember what his exact forty time was. I was trying to take a peek here, but he was a great special teamer. Uh, I think he was one of their special teams captains at, at Georgia Tech. Um, and he could sneak onto that roster as a much cheaper option to Fedulum, uh as far as that goes. Um, and then looking at it as well, I, I like Trill Williams to potentially make a roster spot here. I know we talked about that. I think this is the year we lose Jamal Perry, Wiltz, Smith, Fredericks, whatever his name is this year. Keep dreaming, uh, kid. Yeah, but look, I I would keep Nick Needham over him, uh, as far as that goes. And with some of the young talent we've got, the fact that you know if we keep Clayton Fedulum, we may end up unseating a corner to to do so. I mean, it, it's it's very interesting as far as that goes. Uh, I think Nate Holly's out, Terrell Bonds is out, Tino Ellis is out. Um, just taking a peek here. And, and they and, cut Brian Cole the other day, uh, so he's out. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but looking at that, if I could stick right there, Paul is, yeah, Jamal. I think it's going to be you've got those top seven locks, and then I think it's going to be a three way competition with Justin Coleman, Jason McCourty, and Jamal Perry. And out of those three, I would say maybe two make the roster, um, and one gets cut. And then at at safety, yeah, with Clayton Fedulum, I mean, it, if somebody shows much better positional value uh, at the free safety spot than I think Fedulum could go. Um, Nate Holly has bounced from the active roster to the, to the practice squad all last season. He's somebody that I think is his biggest competition there because he can play special teams, obviously, but may be able to offer more on defense. Um, yeah. Jaitlin asked you, like you said, that's a great observation there. I didn't know that about his, his special teams ability there at Georgia tech. Same thing. Um, Javaris Davis, too, was on the Dolphins practice squad last year um, after being released from the Chiefs. Vontae Davis's cousin, actually. And he's somebody that I remember last year and in, in 20, uh, you know, before the 2020 draft, I was expecting him to get drafted. Uh, he went to the Senior Bowl. He was a late invite to the Senior Bowl, and he looked like one of the best cornerbacks there all week. So he, he does have speed. He does have some ability. He's got the bloodlines. Maybe he, he pokes his head into the race, too. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm looking at the bottom of that depth chart. It's going to be a lot of interesting competition. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Javaris Davis. He, he's a guy that I know we both were intrigued by going into the draft as a late rounder. Um, and, and really, if he can he can win something out with that nickel spot, um, I mean, he's coming in with a leg up. He understands the defense already. So it'd be interesting to see where, where he's at with that. But yeah, no, like this secondary is going to look better no matter who we line up this year as well. And it's something we brought up in the last episode given the fact that we should have a better pass rush this year with Van Ginkle getting more snaps, with Jalen Phillips now in the fold. I think Zach Sealer's going to get more snaps getting that push up the middle there uh, with Raekwon Davis. And and you've still got Emmanuel Ogba out there. So there's going to be a pass rush, and, and that's going to allow the defensive backs to thrive because the less time that they have to cover, the better their coverage is going to be. Right. And to piggyback on that, that's – why it's so important to have Xavier Howard in the fold because when you look at this defense if you have Howard there all of all of the stars could align and what I mean by that is we're not gonna I mean Xavier Howard's 28 Byron Jones will be 29 this year I believe um so in two years when Howard and Jones are in their 30s we're probably having a different conversation about them um and so if you can get Noah Igbenogany to break out this year, and, and the reports are true, and he, he's a much better player this year, and he's your third cornerback, and you have Howard and Jones still in their prime, this is the year to have that because we might – things are going to be different in two years. Um, and then at, at the pass rush, Emmanuel Ogba is going to be a free agent after the year. He's either going to you know go somewhere else he's, or he's going to be here with the Dolphins where he's re-signed for a lot of money. Um and you've so you've got him on a reasonable contract now, Agba, and then you've got Jalen Phillips on the other side as a rookie, and Andrew Van Ginkle for the pass rush. So you might be able to really get to the quarterback just with four guys, but then blitz when you want to, and have the secondary to lock down opposing receivers. So you could see, you know, a top five Dolphins defense again here this year. You absolutely could, and and it's all going to come down to injuries. It's going to come down to X's contract. Um, but I think Miami's going to put a lot of points on the board. They're going to force teams into situations where they have to throw. Uh, you look at the wide receiver room, you look at the tight end room, and putting points on the board forces other teams to throw the ball. Um, it's I'll never forget, uh, God, I think it was eight or ten years ago, I hated whenever a Raiders game came on because I had to listen to these analysts talk about the fact that their pass defense was phenomenal. And it, the real reasoning behind that wasn't the personnel. It wasn't their pass defense itself. It was the fact that they were down by four scores by a halftime, and, and <laughs> teams weren't throwing the ball. Like It's like, yeah, wow, they're allowing the least amount of passing yards, but no one has to throw the damn ball. Um, I think Miami's going to force teams to have to throw, which is going to allow guys like Agba, guys like Jalen Phillips, guys like Andrew Van Ginkle to pin their ears back on some downs and really put the secondary in an even more advantageous position, which is why I'd be willing to... Like, I keep talking about cutting Clayton Fedgel, and the money you save there, you throw X's way, and we're good. <laughs> it's just, like... Well, that, that's just it, is it... If it's over... If it's about respect, and it's about, you know, a handful of million dollars, um, then it's got to get done. It's It's too advantageous for both sides. And a lot of people kind of freak have kind of freaked out with Xavier Howard in that they they've they've said that um uh on his social media he made some sort of something on his Instagram where he said you don't know what something along the lines of you don't know what you have until it's gone etc cetera, etc cetera. 
I, I, I'm not looking at that too strongly. And the reason is because in 2019, he took all of his dolphin stuff off Instagram, which to me was a stronger message at the time. And lo and behold, a month later, he signed a five-year contract with the Dolphins. Okay, it, he is using social media to leverage his position in today's world. He can do that, you know, and, and he will do that. But I, I, I'm not alarmed by that, at least not yet. Yeah, and one other good thing I'll say too, like I know a lot of folks get worried whenever a Dolphins player signs or signs David Canner as their agent. One thing I like about David Canner is if he does somehow get this deal done for X. He's also not afraid to look the guy in the face and say, if if X comes to him next year and goes, hey, let's renegotiate again. He's not afraid to look at a player in the face and say, I love you. We can't do that. Like, that, that's that's a no-go. And and that's one of the things I do like about him is he know, he's got his finger on the pulse, like I said before. He told X not to renegotiate last year so he could renegotiate this year more easily and 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 Howard didn't listen last year and didn't hire him um so now he went back and hired him this offseason because he realized he knows what he's talking about and, and so that's something that I like about the fact that he's got Cantor as his agent if they're able to get a deal redone let me tell you what I like about David Cantor uh being his agent nothing because they I mean I respect David Cantor as an agent that's I mean he it if I liked him being his agent, he wouldn't be good at his job. But I, I, I to me, the alarming thing and what from the beginning was that he switched agents from Bilbo to um, to David Cantor. That that means you mean business on that. And yeah, this is something he's very serious about, and 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 he wants to get something done. So yeah, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. If 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 it's about respect, then I think he'll get it from the Dolphins. Uh, and but this is a. And I see in the chat here, uh, somebody said uh, maybe Howard just wants out. No, he doesn't. No. He does not want out. He just wants money. Th- this is about money, one hundred percent about money. Um, and and I think at the end of the day, he's going to get it. So we'll see what happens there. Um, a few other things about. Um, uh, I see a few things in the chat comments about run defense here. Yeah, the Dolphins could be better in that. They were. Uh, just to give you some stats here, against the run last year, they were 16th in yards allowed, 18th uh, in yards per carry to everyone, 15th in yards per carry uh, to opposing running backs, and 20th in yards per carry to opposing starting running backs. But a lot of that occurred in the first four weeks of the season um, when before Raekwon Davis really stepped up. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't think – I'm not a believer in building your team to stop the run. I, I hope that you can commit few resources to stopping the run and being at least decent at it. And I think that the Dolphins are there. And you add Bernardrick McKinney to the mix here, who's 6'5", 250 pounds. That's his specialty, and I think he's going to be a big upgrade from Landon Roberts there in that spot too. But, yeah, you can always be better at it. Yeah, no, and and, and the Bernardrick, Bernardrick McKinney thing upgraded two, two spots because it – it opened a window for Andrew Van Ginkle, who flashed a lot of special promise last year, and it upgraded the Landon Roberts spot uh, next next to Jerome Baker. Uh, Jerome Baker's an ascending talent who I like a lot. And, and you're right about the run defense thing. If you're focusing all your resources on stopping the run, you're planning to play from behind a lot. Like it, it, it's 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 just that simple. Um, and actually, before we move on any more, any further, I do want to mention 
guys, MetLife Takeover. Tickets are on sale. It's uh, the weekend of November 21st, I believe, at this point. Um, great, great, great opportunity to go go watch a game with a few thousand Dolphins fans at the Jets Stadium. Um, these guys raised tons of money for charity. They raised over 10000 last year. They've got... Um, a lot of times Joe Rose does a show from the tailgate. Sam Madison's gone to the game with us. Terry Kirby, Tom Garfinkel comes out. All the all the local beat reporters that are up there tend to come out to the, to the tailgate and hang out. Uh, the Marx Brothers were out, out there a couple years ago. I'll be up there this year yet again. Um, if you're anywhere in the area, you guys got to come. We will get Cat out to that one of these years. We will get Cat out to it one of these years. Absolutely. I, one of these years for sure. With a, with a one-year-old at home probably isn't the right time right now. But um, I will certainly one of these days. No no doubt about that. Dol- Dolphins NYC does does great work there. And I, I love playing at, when the Dolphins are playing at New York every year because I want to see how loud those Dolphins fans are going to be in the Jets stadium. Uh, Kevin Clements and, and Chad, we appreciate your comment there, but we've got uh, over 100 people here in uh, the the Dolphins YouTube chat this morning on a Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to stick with Saturday morning long term or not, but it works well now. Uh, I'm up at 530 because I <laughs> are a disgusting human being. I mean, uh, see, I, I've got a one year old. Uh, look, at 530, it doesn't matter if I go to bed at nine o'clock or if I go to bed at, at 3 a.m., 530 a.m. Uh, my one-year-old's going to be up. My two dogs are going to be up, and my wife's going to be up. So I, I don't have a choice uh, in, in that matter. So this this works well now, and you can always catch the replay as well on the back end. So uh, thanks everyone for joining us here, Paul. Anything else jump out out to you here from from the the Dolphin secondary? Uh not really. I mean, it, it's going to be a few exciting battles to watch. Uh, I'm very curious to see how much Igbenogany has progressed, and. God, I hope I, I really do hope we get X back. Like people can, the dead time right now has people speculating that he's already out the door. We don't know that yet. Like we we don't know that yet. It, it's it's been very quiet, and that leads to a lot of useless speculation, which catches on in the era of social media. Let's just see what happens there. See how it plays out. And this is part of the dance here between the Dolphins and Xavier Howard. I mean, I don't blame Howard for trying to get a little bit more money because he is not going to get this opportunity in two years to do that. This is his last opportunity to get more money. He's coming off an unbelievable season where he should have won defensive player of the year. And for the Dolphins, if they had just handed it to him on day one, I would have no respect for Chris Greer and how he does his job. So this is part of the dance here. And I think we're going to see something get done in August. And the position I like that the Dolphins are in and and what Greer does is all players are open for trade. If you blow me away with the trade offer, you, you give me a Laramie Tunzel type package. Yeah, we might trade Xavier Howard, but you're going to have to do that. And I don't think any other team is going to do that. If, if I were to make a prediction of a team that, that might cough up a lot for him, if it came down to it, it'd be the Arizona Cardinals. Um, because they have added a lot of veteran players here this off offseason, like like the AJ Greens um, and James Connors. These guys who have been in the league for a while, they they really do want to win now because Cliff Kingsbury's on the hot seat. They're very very weak at the cornerback spot. They typically don't trade first rounders, but they haven't drafted a lot of good first rounders here over the last ten years either. So I don't expect them to get traded. You never know. Uh, John, thank you very much for the donation there, and, and we appreciate all you guys. 
here and and thanks for joining us be sure to join us next week where we're going to go through it's probably going to be a little bit of a longer show we're going to go through the training camp battles here uh, really from top to bottom things to look out for before training camp um may not may be here next saturday otherwise you're gonna have to catch us throughout the week we'll be sure to send an announcement on that um but that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins secondary. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Um, be sure to check us out as well on Twitter, Facebook, all of our social media outlets, the fan sided network, finfanatic.com. And if it is not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.